This is one episode that I think a lot of small business owners are really going to get a lot from. Hi there, everybody. Martin here, and welcome to episode 23 of the Startup Diary, where in this episode, we're going to be talking about how our company's quotes and invoice tool, which was built for retention, ended up being a full product. You might hear a cheery chappy in the background of this episode, and if you do, that's because Adam is currently away from the office looking after his newborn baby son, but still found time to pop in and record a show. So don't be alarmed, it's not something you'll have to get used to. Now, it's important to get a good grasp of why Adam thought he needed a retention tool in the first place, and when he thought it was the right time to implement one. The reason we needed a retention tool was we were running a service, it's a marketplace, so we need uh, buyers and sellers, and this it was we need trades and people that need trades. That was originally where we started out before we pivoted, and we weren't able to grow the the buyer side, the demand side of the market, as quickly as we could um, create the the seller side, so Mm -hmm. the trade side of the business, um, or the supply side. So what we decided to do is try and work out what we can build to keep these trades interested in our service while we build that demand side up. And it purely just came from speaking to them. So what's the biggest problem that you're facing with your company right now? Um, And then having endless conversations with hundreds of trades, we discovered that actually the biggest pain point they've got is the admin side of the business. So sitting down with Ignacy, we worked out that we could build a tool that's fairly simple for us to put out into the market, not loads of bells and whistles, but it would be something that's a lot better than them using Word documents, pen and paper to create quotes and invoices. So the idea of this was to keep them engaged with our service to the point where the demand side of our business got to a point where it was sufficient to keep them engaged on that side. It was purely just to keep them logging in and kind of staying around, to be honest. When you found what the pain point was, were you worried about how hard it would be to build at the time, or were you just interested in, I want to know what matters to them, and then I'll see what we can go, what we can do from there? Yeah, so it's a really good question. When I sat down with Ignacy, the concern for me wasn't how long it would take to build. My concern was the fact it would act as a distraction. Right. So you can imagine at that point, we had kind of a core focus on building supply and demand uh, for trades. Um, and doing this quoting invoicing tool, it wasn't just the ability to create a nice little quote. We needed to know the nuances of what it was like for a trades professional to quote a quote. And, little things like they do it currently using Word, how are they using Word and bits like that. So we had to kind of go down that rabbit hole and work out just what they were currently doing so we could build something that they were going to use. It wasn't our core business at that point in time. And anything that's not the core business is a distraction, but it was important for us to make sure that, um, because we're doing marketing to get trades to sign up, it was important that we retain these guys and it wasn't just kind of, they joined the service, it was uh, not given the value that they needed and they disappeared. We needed to keep them into the system in some way. So my only worry was purely about the distraction. Okay. And obviously it was a smaller team then as well. So you had to really think about yeah it was uh the two people count as a team i suppose sarah was helping with the <laughs> reviews um yeah there was there was two full-time and sarah which was helping with the reviews kind of part-time at that point in time um yeah so every hour of the day mattered uh, we needed to make sure that it was something that was kind of moving the business forward how long did it roughly take to build because i know you Ignacio, and i know that you do you'll be quite comfortable to do 18 hours a day yep so how long did it roughly take to get it up and running oh now you're asking me um in terms of like isolating exactly how long it's difficult, purely because Ignacio was also building the profile and the core business side as right. well as building this up. It wasn't sort of drop everything to build this. But from concept to flushing the idea out with some members, getting fast feedback, we're probably looking at three months. Okay. Three months to get it pushed out the door. Okay. I thought it would be longer than that. Thomas. No, it was about three months. I always like to dig into the concepts of products and how they're formed because most of the time, the final product is not the first draft. 
So I have to ask about why he chose quotes and invoices as a retention tool over other ideas and why it seemed like a no-brainer after talking to the community and how it was received after it launched. It all came down to the admin side of the business, which mm-hmm. was really interesting for us. And, and uh, Alison, who actually works for the company, had a bit of background with a service called Don't Miss That Call, which was a call answering services for small businesses. And one of the big pain points that we found was when these guys are on the tools mm-hmm. um, fixing a boiler, they can't answer the phone. And the problem that this creates is the fact that that job might be tomorrow's job, but they can't stop drop the phone, yeah, drop the tools yeah. every time to pick up the phone. So we actually scoped out the idea of basically building a call center for trades professionals where we'd answer the calls for them. Everything comes full circle. It really does come full circle. So the two big things that came out of it was it was admin that they needed help with. And apart from that, it was the quotes and invoices that they're spending. It came down to not just the fact we want to create quotes and invoices, but I'm wasting so much of my life doing quotes and invoices when I want to be spending time with my family. And that's what kind of hit home. It's while they go and do the job day to day, then they go home and do all the paperwork. Yeah. Can we make a way to make this a little bit easier for them? And then the, the call answering thing, still up in the air. We, we know it's something that they need, but uh, we're just not scaled up for a, uh, a call center at the moment. I just want to point yeah, out. Never say not, never. Not at the moment. Exactly. Never say never. When it was pushed out, how was it received? So I think it's the same with anything that you push out is you get initial feedback from a core group before you push it. So you build up a core database of of users that are ready and excited for it. And the problem that we did is we just focused all our energy on these core users. And if you just take what we're doing today, for example, is we're doing something very similar where we're splitting out this feature, which is our core business, um, and making it available for for everybody. The lesson that we're now rolling out is last time we focused on these 10, 15 core users, built it around their needs, and then pushed it, and then told everyone how good it was. Whereas now what we're doing, we're building the feature set as well as doing the marketing for it at the same time. So we can do the marketing, test the messaging, make sure it's something that people actually want. And then if we get feedback, clicks, sign-ups, beta test sign-ups, uh, we know that actually this ad means that this item on this feature list is really important. Let's make sure that this is included when it goes live. Yeah. So when we went live originally, the biggest mistake we made was not marketing at the same time. But for those people that knew it was coming, it was really well received. If you could go back, I see this every time, but if you could go back, what would you do differently? Well, there's two things, really. There's the, the marketing. It's this fake it till you make it thing that it, it sounds really kind of wishy-washy and cliche, like fake it till you make it, blah, blah, blah. But the idea when you roll that out into marketing means let's create adverts for 25 different features. Rather than just say, hey, John, on the phone, what would you like us to build? Let's push these ads out really cheaply across Facebook ads, test that, and if that ad for that feature gets click-throughs, then we should build that feature. Rather than just going to an isolated group of 10 15 people we've got databases we can push yeah. out to 40,000 lists on a custom audience on facebook and then work out that way so i would have preferred to do smarter testing of feature builds before we went and built them and then on that note and then and then on that note once we've built a feature or building a feature not build it and then put it into the hands of someone and test it like what we're doing today is we use an ionic view we can yeah. push it out to someone's phone before it's even in the app store and let them test it as they go so when it goes live into the app store we've already had that feedback we didn't do that before we said how do you want it to work great we went and built it pushed it live in the app store the app store then was seven days turnaround time so the smallest thing we needed to change was a big delay in terms of getting things changed in the app so get users testing it while you're building it is the thing that we i learned and we're now implementing Not all businesses have a community that they can openly talk to about products and features. So for all the small businesses out there that don't, I asked a little bit more about what you can do if you don't have a community to help shape your tools. 
So if you don't have a community, it's not an excuse because if you don't have a community, that's irrelevant. You've still got potential customers and all it takes is picking up the phone and speaking to them. If you're genuinely solving someone's need, they're going to spend time with you, especially if you say, hey, I've got this thing that I want to build. Can I give it to you for free to, for you to test? I don't, I don't know one person that would say no to an yeah. offer like that. So if you're new to the market, got an idea, my advice would be on that note is go and speak to your potential customers. Make sure that what you're building even resonates before you've wrote one line of code. And then don't be, don't be tied into your solution to what you think at that time. Have an idea of the, the problem that you want to try and solve. A great quote I heard, I think it was from Jeff Bezos this week, which was be fixed on the mission, be flexible on the tactics. Absolutely love that, which means understand the problem that you want to solve, but then listen to your audience to work out how you're physically going to get, going to get there and then get your initial users through that way. Whether you've got a database of 11,000 people like we did at the time uh, that were using our services well, here and there, or you're brand new to the market, just go and find some initial customers. To wrap it up, it was time to talk about how this retention tool became such a key part of our business and how that's helping now to shape our future. Yeah, so the time frame between going from the idea of it being a retention tool to something we want to actually focus on was around eight to nine months. And the only reason this happened is because we put it out into the market and it was well received for those core users. And then we discovered that over those six, nine months is people were saying, I would use it if it did X. Mm -hmm. Can you please build Y? So we had loads and loads of feature requests, but we kept batting them away. It was, this isn't our core business. And they're like, yeah, but we'll pay you for it. That's not a problem. We just need this. We know it's a great tool, but it needs to do this because I'm in this trade and it needs this feature. Mm -hmm. So we had this massive list of features. So we sat down in the office and we said, actually, our core mission is about helping trades run a more profitable business. And then eventually making it much easier to book a trades professional in. It's so difficult at the moment. That's probably another show. Now we've started to open up what we do. Uh, it'll probably be interesting why we, why we chose this mission. But when we look at what we were doing, we had this massive feature list. We just went back to the market and said, hey, if we build all these things, we're going to have to charge you for it. So we're going to have to bring another developer to focus on this full time. And are you prepared to put your hand in your pocket and pay us now before we've even built it? Let's take some cash, make sure that you're actually being serious. And if enough people say, yeah, build these features and we'll pay for it at this per month, that was kind of... As simple as that, really, for us, it's kind of like if they're prepared to pay you for it, it's helping the actual overall mission, and it's probably worth digging into that in terms of it's probably a different show, but it'd be how this tool actually helps the booking in process overall. But we went from retention purely because people were prepared to pay for what we were building, and we weren't absolutely um, hung up on the original concept of what we had. We just knew that we needed to help these trades out. And if it comes down to it, this is what they need at that point in time. There's lots of things that come into it. Market conditions, the market's picking up. They've got more leads through the door. More leads means more admin. Um, we just have, you just have to counterpunch. It's that whole Gary V thing. Just counterpunch to what these guys want. Don't be fixed on your initial idea. Mm -hmm. Just be fixed on the mission. And if you are going to make a pivot like this, just be damn sure that you validate it first. And the only way to validate it is to ask for some money. If you're not prepared to ask for some money up front, don't build it because it means you're not confident in it. You need to be able to stand in front of a camera or an email or speak to people face to face and say, if I build this, will you give me 10 pounds a month? Yeah, I might do that. Okay, credit card details, put them in. You're going to get charged as soon as it goes live. If they're not prepared to do that, don't pivot. Um, work out something they actually are prepared to pay for because it will be there. And then overall, um, I'm much more excited about this as a business model for us. Yeah. Um, we've got, we had great feedback with our original plan of the marketplace, but what we're doing now is, is resonating and it's getting a lot more people interested in what we're doing. The key thing for me is how this fits into the bigger mission. And I'm really, really excited. Just to give you an insight into my thoughts around that is to make looking a tradesperson easy. 
they need to be using our platform, not just for the profile, but for the tech. The days of browsing through the yellow pages and browsing through 15 people calling and only get through to one, they're going to be dead. And we want to be the company that kills the yellow pages. Yeah. It's just not going to work. But we can't go straight into the profile thing. We need a core database of users using our tech to streamline that process. So from where we are today, it looks like a genius move to what we're doing now. Cause yeah, it, it, it seems like it, it, it was always like part of the, the mission, as, we, as we're saying in this conversation. But it genuinely does work towards what we're trying to achieve and i think that's why it's such a good fit as well and why the transition isn't so much as as a leap as it feels no exactly yeah. it's um it doesn't feel like we're just giving up on this idea yeah. and rolling it back if i would love to say this was always planned uh, it wasn't but a thing that we've always done really well as a company like everyone in here is happy to pick up the phone and speak to the end user the, the trade the, the customer of our service and work out what they need if it works for the trade and it works for our mission just go and do it yeah it's true as well because it's back to what we were saying a couple of episodes ago about really getting a grasp of who we are and what we do, back to branding. But I, yeah, again, like you say, I'd be more than comfortable if someone said, I'm looking to do X, Y, and Z and say, well, it has this and these are the core features, but you need this and it's not a good fit for you because it's not designed for that purpose. Exactly. It's, not, it's back to that community aspect of what the mission really is. Exactly. And I think when we sat down and we decided what we're doing as a business, because when you sat in the office end of last year is when someone called up and asked what we did. There was five different conversations that yeah. were happening. As we kind of got better and better and better at understanding our users, understanding what they need. I mean, the fact that someone calls up today and everyone will nearly speak word for word, this is what we do as a business, this is the mission that we're on, that's perfect. And when you're building a tool, whatever you do, you're building a Swiss Army set of tools for your business. If it fits in line with the mission, it's perfect. And you just need to make sure that you get the message across to your users about why you're focusing on what you're focusing on. And I think we've only just done that as a business. We've only recently told them, hey, this the first thing that we were doing, the profiles and this matchmaking, this is great. But we're not able to deliver an amazing, a 10x experience for the customer until you're using our platform, our tech. And that's why we're building this office package out. And that's going to be the stepping stone to the bigger mission. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that we're prepared to do this two, three, five, ten 10-year journey to make this right, I think it means that we're going to build a fantastic business. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time on The Startup Diary. <laughs>